Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you're also going to receive a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Today is Evaluation Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the newest Blackhawks, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. But first, we're going to get an, another coaching candidate scouting report from our old buddy from the Columbus Dispatch. You know him. You love him. He's Brian Hedger. Brian, thanks for taking some time out to join us today, man. We appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Good to be back with you guys. Long time no talk. Yeah, so uh, Bradshaw is one of the three official candidates we know about. Uh, he was one of the first names, actually, to pop up as a candidate for the Blackhawks. Uh, the reason we're talking to Brian, he covers the Blue Jackets, obviously, for the Columbus Dispatch, and he was an assistant there from nine, from 1916, from 2016 <laughs> to 2021. Uh, and uh, so that's kind of where he spent the most of his recent time. So uh, what can you tell us about Brad Shaw, the coach? Well, I mean, first of all, he's a uh, just fantastic human being. Um, I mean, first and foremost, he's a great guy. Um, you know, he, he is your typical Canadian, uh, very much so. Um, all denim. Know, he, he, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, all <laughs> denim. No, I don't think he wears too much denim, but uh, you can just tell he's got the Canadian accent and all that. But, uh, uh, I mean, he is. He's a phenomenal coach, uh, but I mean, just just as a, uh, a stand-up guy, I mean, he's great there. His, in fact, uh, he has a, a son who is a professional hockey player. Uh, didn't make the um, the NHL. His name is Brady Shaw, and he played for the uh, Fort Wayne Comets, actually, I, I believe, um, stateside here. I think he's in Europe playing right now. But one reason why that's also interesting, other than the fact that he's a coach's son is that uh, in, I believe it's in Canada, his uh, his wife, Mary, Mary Shaw, she's an, uh, ch- a children's book author, uh, real oh, popular. Cool. She, she, she authored a uh, series uh, for kids' books called Brady Brady, the Brady Brady series, well, obviously named after their son. And, you know, Brady goes around and does all these, you know, things, uh, you know, whatever, storylines, story you know, for kids. And uh, it's real popular in Canada. So... Uh, they're just great people. Um, and, you know, he's not the first name that comes up, right? Like when, when there's coaching openings, you know, we, we see all the, uh, yeah, I hate to use the term retread, but some of these guys are retreads, you know, like it's just, you know, time after time they're going, they're bouncing from one job to the next. And, you know, here in Columbus, when uh, Brad Shaw was here, right after that 2019 sweep of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, when you know Columbus shocked the world in uh, you know hockey world and, and swept the Lightning in four, still uh, until <laughs> this uh, this Stanley Cup final final may change this, that's still the last playoff loss that the Lightning have had. By the way, um, you know they go on and they play Boston in the second round, lose six games in that one, and that that series uh, people around here kind of know, but you know that series was a lot closer than maybe what what it might seem. Um, I mean, it came down to like game four here. Uh, you know, if the, if the Jackets win game four, they go up three, one. 
and they had plenty of opportunities to win that game, but too harassed, kind of too harassed them. But anyway, they lose that series, and we almost thought around here that Brad Shaw was going to get the open, then vacant um, Ottawa Senators job. It made sense, uh, you know, I believe he has a history back in that direction, uh, you know, Eastern Ontario. Um, I know he has a summer cottage up there and everything, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure whether he has family back there, but it wouldn't surprise me. But we thought he would get the Ottawa job or at least be in the, the running, and it didn't happen. Uh, they went in another direction for that one. Uh, he comes back with John Tortorella, um, and, you know, Bradshaw runs the defense. Uh, you know, for the, I mean, he was the defensive guru type of guy for, uh, for Tortorella. And then in 1920, they, you know, they're, they're presented with a huge challenge after, you know, Artemi Panarin, you know, Matt Duchesne, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, you name it. I mean, they all bolted, like left town and everybody basically left the Blue Jackets for dead. And, you know, there's Brad Shaw, there's John Tortorella, there's, you know, current Blue Jackets coach Brad Larson, all three of them, and they put together a game plan to stay competitive with the guys who were still there. And uh, they did it. They made the playoffs. Uh, that was the pandemic year. They actually upset the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in the, what was the qualification round at that point. I'm sure we all remember that. And, uh, and then they go into the, what was technically the first round of the playoffs in the bubble, and they were in the Toronto bubble. And, you know, they had a five-overtime game uh, in game one against the Lightning. I mean, they gave the Lightning everything they could in that series. It just couldn't hold them off. I mean, it, it, the, that was Tampa was meant to win that one. But they still gave them another hard, uh, hard series in that next one. And, uh, you know, it's not all Bradshaw. But he had a big hand in a lot of that. And he's just a really tremendous coach. Um, he knows his X's and O's, uh, I would say, as well or better than anybody else in the NHL. Greg here. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Two, two little quick points. If beating the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, is that really an upset? Um, I mean, it's kind of a standard <laughs> at this point. And it is 100% okay to say retread on this show. We say it all the time. Uh, when it there applicable. you go. But uh, I think the biggest question I have regarding Bradshaw uh, going forward, unless something completely wacky happens, the one guy that we can count on being here for a long time is Seth Jones. Seth Jones, of course, a longtime Columbus Blue Jacket before coming here. Uh, was there any kind of dynamic between those two guys? You said Shaw worked on the defense. So how was their relationship and would it be a good fit in the long term here? Well, I think they had a good relationship here. Um, you know, Bradshaw as a person is not real hard to get along with, although I will say that he kind of also comes with a, a reputation for being a perfectionist um, to a point where, you know, some, some players kind of feel like, uh, can I ever make this guy happy? You know, that kind of thing. And um, I, I think there was a little bit of that going on with Jones, you know, at the end here in Columbus because their last year – it was, they were both here last, or not last season, this past season, but the year before. Mm-hmm. That was the final year for both of them. Um, that would be the 21 campaign. And, you know, Jones really, but he wasn't the only one. It was Jones, Savard, a uh, number of guys defensively really struggled that year. Uh, they just didn't have a good year defensively. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there may have been a little bit of, uh, of kind of like, you know, uh, Bradshaw being around here for a while and working so closely with Zach Wierenski and 
you know, Seth Jones and all these guys that, you know, sometimes that can grate on, on the relationship a little bit. I mean, the longer you're with somebody, you know, things aren't going well, stuff like that. But I wouldn't think that it would preclude, like, I don't think Seth Jones would be upset if, you know, Brad Shaw were hired as the head coach, especially the head coach. It's a, that's a different role. I mean, he may, I mean, his nature is to work with defensemen and defensive side. And he may even, you know, um, you know, pitch in on, uh, you know, defensive pairings, running those, that kind of stuff. But he's going to find a, a, an assistant coach, um, you know, to to work with defensemen, basically. Because, you know, when you're the head coach, you have to kind of worry about the whole team thing. And so I think that that may, you know, kind of put a Band-Aid on, you know, whatever issues there may be there, if there, if there were any at all. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, I think Bradshaw was liked here uh, for sure. Um, for the majority of the time that he spent here, just for his, um, I mean, he, he's, he's a really excellent strategy guy. Um, you know, he, he knows the X's and O's, like I said earlier, um, as good or, or if not better than, than most coaches in the NHL, comes up with good strategies. And, uh, you know, if you, you think about this team, uh, the Blue Jackets, right? Like, it's kind of what I mentioned earlier, exactly what I mentioned earlier. They lose all that talent. Um, in, after the, in July 2019, July 1st, 2019, you know, Panarin goes, Bobrovsky goes, Duchesne goes, um, there's a couple other ones too. And, uh, that, that takes away a lot of your offense. Like for two years here, you guys know how good, uh, Panarin is, uh, or was in, in Chicago. He was even better in Columbus because there was no Patrick Kane and there was, you know, none of these things that everyone kind of said, oh, well, he's a product of playing with Patrick Kane. Well, he proved here that he wasn't. You know, and, and I mean, he played with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois when he was a rookie, and he played with uh, Cam Atkinson. That was like their top line, and they were they were they were getting it done. Uh, Cam Atkinson one year had over 40 goals, and uh, Dubois ended up with uh, like he set a franchise record with like 20 goals as a rookie. So uh, a lot of that was Panarin, um, and and when you have players like Panarin, and you have a guy like well, Duchesne was only here for like a month, but you know, and Dubois actually actually was here as well. You have all these guys. These are puck possession type players. These are guys who can control the puck, who can gain the zone, um, flip the ice for you, that kind of stuff, and, and really help your defenseman out. And so what that did was it helped the defensive side uh, bring out all their best skills. Your top pairing here was Lorensky and Jones, and they were they were a dynamic top pairing. They were really good. They were two-way guys. I mean, Wierenski was more of a one-way guy, and then, you know, we went through a little process. I would say he's not a full two-way guy right now, but he's on his way there um, pretty quickly. Uh, and and really was gaining ground. You know, Seth Jones basically covered for him a lot, let him roam a little bit, and, and did the true two-way thing. Well, a lot of that stuff, both those guys were working closely with, uh, with uh, Bradshaw. And, you know, on a daily basis, they were they were going over, you know, how do you want to play this play? Uh, you know, just, just every little detail. I mean, Bradshaw is a detailed guy. And, uh, and, and it helped both of those guys get better. Look, look at Vladislav Gavrikov uh, right now. I mean, he's a guy who came over from Russia. They threw him right into the playoffs against Boston. That was his first NHL game. And he didn't play poorly. I mean, they prepared, helped prepare him uh, to play that game. He got even better the next season you know, with Bradshaw here. 
Um, you know, the, just there's guy after guy uh, that you can go over who are on the defensive side that Shaw helped here. And, um, you know, I, I just think that uh, he was just a guy that, that he, his name isn't the, he's not the sexy choice, right? He's not the one that you first, you know, rolls off the lips like, oh, yeah, we should hire Brad Shaw. But I think when you look more into him, I, th- I think he'd be a solid, you know, head coaching candidate for somebody. Well, one of the things that the the Blackhawks have said that they wanted to to get out of a head coach or, or have in a, in a candidate is someone who can walk into the the locker room and have a bit of a presence. And and it appears, you know, Brad Shaw is a long time assistant in the NHL. Um, he's had one head coaching experience early on in, in his NHL coaching career. Do you feel like he'd be able to step into that head coaching role and and be able to you know be the person who is the main the main voice from the coaching staff and be able to have kind of that presence walking in and, and, and garner that respect right away? Well, I do. Uh, before I expand on that, though, uh, the, I believe the Blackhawks had a chance to hire John Tortorella and did not. He was out there, and, that, and if you want, to, if you want presence in a locker room, I'm telling you from firsthand experience, that's the guy to hire if you want presence in a locker room. Uh, and he gets a bad rap for not working well with young kids, and he's actually great for young kids. I've had many, many, many agents tell me over the years that they would, lo- they'd love it when when their guys play for torts when they're young, because it teaches them how to be NHL players. But along those lines, um, now Bradshaw did not work with torts until he came to Columbus. And that was what, 2015, 16, something like that. Um, you know, before he just like everybody else had kind of just heard stories and that kind of thing. Uh, and before working with John Tortorella, uh, Brad Shaw worked in St. Louis with Ken Hitchcock. Um, you know, another legendary coach who also coached the Blue Jackets to their first playoff uh, appearance back in, uh, you know, 08, I think, or 09. But, um, you know, <laughs> Brad Shaw has been, he has been around a lot of the legendary coaches of, of this modern era, I guess you'd say. And he's learned a lot. Now, he can't be fake, right? He can't walk in there and try to be John Tortorella. We, in fact, he and I just had this conversation the other day because Tortorella got hired in uh, Philly and I talked to Brad Shaw about, you know, what it was like coaching with him. And, you know, he, that's one of the things he says, look, I, I can't do all the things that Ford does. I just, I can't. It's not me. Uh, that doesn't mean that he can't command respect in the locker room or have a presence about, you know, just, I think presence is, you know, when you're the coach, the team believes in you. The, the team believes that you guys can get something done. And when you look at Bradshaw's coaching record, uh, as far as where he's been and what the teams have done, think back to some of those, you know, St. Louis teams that, that used to give uh, the Blackhawks all they could handle back in the day. I mean, he was, he was, he worked with, uh, Petrangelo there. He was a big part of Petrangelo developing into the player he's become. Um, you know, think back to, like I said, the 29 thing or 2019 thing with the, the Blue Jackets. He had a big role in that. They made the playoffs here four straight years. Now that's not a big deal to people in Chicago. Or maybe it is now, but you know, when, when they were in that dynasty era type of thing, when, the, when all the, the core group in Chicago was young, um, you know, it wasn't a big deal to make it four in a row. But here, I mean, they, they had only made the playoffs one time uh, under Ken Hitchcock uh, before Tortorella and Shaw and Brad Larson and that whole coaching staff, you know, 
guided them to the playoffs four straight years in a row, which is kind of an unthinkable thing around here after they, you know, got off to such a bad start to their franchise's history. So, you know, Bradshaw actually has had a, a pretty big uh, role when you think about, I mean, the, the Blue Jackets really aren't that old as a franchise. I mean, it's only 20, this is going to be the 22nd season in franchise history. And so when you look, put it in those terms, I mean, he was here for five or six years, and of those five or six years, they made the playoffs four times. I, mean, I think that speaks for itself. Brian, that was a great insight. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking your time out for us. Uh, we've got tons of info on Brad, Sean, that we can just add it to our uh, little folders of coaching info, and hopefully uh, here in short order we get uh, an answer. Make sure you're following Brian on Twitter, at Brian Hedger. He is with the Columbus Dispatch. Brian, thanks as always for your time, man. We always appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right, take care, man. Thanks, Brian. That was great. Brian Hedger from the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, he is just a ton, tons of information from him. He is uh, talked to him, you know, last week when Bradshaw's name came out and just had a ton of info to share to sort of enlighten our conversation. So always great to have Brian on. Uh, a little news to come through while, while we're getting that great in-depth uh, profile on Bradshaw. Uh, just to follow up what we talked about uh, on Tuesday's show, uh, Chicago Wolves head coach Ryan Wasowski has indeed been fined by the AHL, an undisclosed amount for his uh, ah. words on officiating after game two. So this is a big moment for me because this is the first time in my career that I have gotten uh, a coach fined for the way he answered one of my questions. So. Good job. Congratulations. Way to go. I've what made a... it. I've hit the big time. That's a big day. That's huge. In CHGL Blackhawks and Greg Boys in history. Uh, let's see if we can get someone we don't like fined. Let's see. Can yeah, we, can we yeah. figure that out? Yeah, let's try to do that. Well, that was great. I think we, you know, we're learning about a lot of these candidates are, and you could sort of see um, what uh, Kyle Davidson's looking for is – you know, a defensive mind. All these guys have a, either a defensive background or, or manage the defense of their teams, yeah. which makes yeah. all the damn sense in the world. And, uh, you know, <laughs> guys who are not necessarily total jags to deal with, um, but still have a bit of a, a bit of a presence to them. And, and look, all, all these names, I, I'm, if they hire any of these guys we've talked about so far, cool. I think if I had cool. to pick my favorite yeah. for the moment, I would say Luke Richardson because I think he does come with a bit of a presence being a very accomplished former player. But none of these names we have so far, uh, Ridgerton, uh, Shaw, uh, Derek King, of course, uh, and Todd Reardon, Todd Reardon would be yeah. would be huge disappointments for me. So cool. Let's yeah. just do it. Another <laughs> name I'd like to hear before this is all said, and then I'd like to see if them talk to, to Jim Montgomery. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I don't put him in the retread category at all, especially how his tenure – uh, in Dallas ended and he's he's a guy that deserves a second shot and he's a guy that coming from the college ranks knows how to work with young players and kind of knows that that fine line between development and success and how to do both at the same time so I'd, I'd like to get him in for an interview before it's done yeah good call on that yeah. one for sure hey the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now. You'll get two risk-free bets up to two grand. But remember, make that $50 or more first-time deposit. You'll get that free CHGO membership. It unlocks all of our great web contents, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, a free T-shirt, all for making a $50 or more 
first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions on any of this, shoot an email to pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. It's your home for live in-play betting. You see an edge in the game you're watching? Is your favorite team primed for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the app right now and use that promo code CHGO. It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And another great way you can help all your pals here at CHGO Sports, as well as starting your day with a competitive edge, that's paying a visit to our friends over at Strava CBD Coffee. It's a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you, like feeling more alert and focused without all the jitters. You're going to be able to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your absolute best. And the best part of all this is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, it's fresh, and it's shipped straight to your door. It has... They have a ton of different types of flavors. You can get it in whole bean, ground, K-cups. They have different levels of concentration of CBD, depending on where you want, uh, how much you want, and how you're you're doing your intake. They've got it all covered for you. Plus, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at Strava, S-T-R-A. A-V-A, craftcoffee.com, when you use that promo code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you're already a big fan of Strava, and we all are here at CHGO, you can join the Strava Coffee Club and subscribe and save. With Strava, you're in control. Save on all your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. All right, it is Wednesday. It is time for our player evaluations. And as we are audio only this week, we're going to forego the visual element, obviously. So we picked um, players you're probably not that excited about, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, what we've learned about Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish is that, along with Sam Lafferty, that when the Hawks are good again, their fourth line is ready to go. Right, like this is kind of what we've what we've what we've learned about these guys is you want to talk about a really solid fourth line. I think when you look at those three together, that could be a, a line for a contending team. The problem is, right. as currently constructed, that is not their role at all. Um, why don't we start with Boris Kachuk? Uh, Twenty-one games with the Blackhawks, one goal, zero assists. He was a minus ten, averaged ten minutes of ice time, uh, and a thirty-six point nine four. Corsi four percentage. That's obviously uh, not very good as far as the Fenwick thirty eight point two five. So I'm going to go ahead and again we we always do these grades off of expectation. And I think when both these guys arrived in Chicago, we weren't really sure what to think. Okay, youngish guys with some NHL experience. Um, Both were pretty impressive right off the bat. Uh, Probably more so Radish than Kachuk, but Kachuk was showing some of that physical element. I'm going to give him two and a half feathers um, because I think, 
I don't know. It's kind of more of an incomplete grade, to be honest. But yeah. um, for the basis of the conversation, I think two and a half. Obviously, the offensive production is not there. But you can see when you look at Kachuk on the ice, he looks the part. He's had a, he had a couple opportunities where he could have scored like breakaways that he created on his own, breaking up passes, blocking shots, and then using his speed to get the other side. The offense, I think, might come. He's never going to be a top six forward. That's just out the window. But you know, a bottom a bottom six guy who can who can maybe add a little bit of offense to his game while having some size. I think he's a fine option for a fourth line on a good team. So I gave him two and a half feathers. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it was hard to to give both of these guys like really true encompassing evaluations, but um, knowing where they came from, the opportunities that they were or were not getting with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they obviously got way more with Chicago. Um, you know, Kachuk being a you know an, an NHL AHL tweener um, was able to get significant uh, time in in his early you know early on in his NHL career here so far with Chicago and. I think he did a, a, a decent job. The numbers obviously don't don't tell the entire story. Um, I think he he brings a, a physical presence uh, on the ice. He's willing to jump into jump into scraps. We saw that a couple times towards the end of the year, um, and and I believe you know he was he was able to get in some time on the penalty kill as well. Be a little bit effective there. I think some of those breakaways that that he you know created or was able to to not convert on, but be able to, you know, create where some shorthanded ones. So I think, you know, I think he's got a good, a, a good head start and going into next season to be a lineup regular. Um, I'm going to give him just two, two feathers because I didn't really have much of expectations and he didn't really jump off the page, but he also didn't do anything to make me think, Oh, this guy wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't worth trying being kind of a, a part, being a part of that Brandon Hagel trade. Um, you know, I, I think I think there's talent there. It just kind of needs to be unlocked, and it's a little probably a little bit hard to do that in the back half, back third of a season on a team that was going nowhere. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, uh, for as long as they're going to be here, I think Kachuk and Radish are going to be forever like grouped together since they were both yeah. uh, acquired in the same trade. They're the new Taves and Kane. Exactly. <laughs> Give them that, identical but, oh, contract yeah. extensions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounds good. Um, <laughs> but this is a guy that Steve Eiserman, who, if you listen to the pundits, is the greatest general manager in the history of general managers. Uh, he's very good. This is a guy Steve Eiserman drafted in the second round, 44th overall in 2016. Uh, played for, for the Greyhounds, the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL, you know, an OHL traditional team. So he's got some talent. He's got size. Obviously, Kyle Davidson likes bigger guys. He's not huge, but he for the Hawks, pretty big. Uh, 6'2", a little over 200, 200 pounds. I, I'm going to go with two feathers as well. Again, there's no expectations when you get a guy – on a trade, you know, with six weeks left in the season and you only get to see, you know, he plays a quarter of the games. Um, he was noticeable at times. Uh, and other times you were like, oh, yeah, he's playing tonight. Um, so, <laughs> you know, again, a lot of that could be coming from the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Blackhawks. Maybe he's a little down going from, hey, I'm on a team that's <laughs> looking to win a third straight Stanley Cup to, well, at least I can get some cool pizza. Um, and maybe he tried to do a little too much 
when he got here to try and impress. Anytime you show up at a new gig, you want to, you know, you, you want to make a great first impression. And sometimes you do more harm than good. He had only had the one goal, but there were, he could have easily had four or five there. He had a, a quite a few chances where he was right in front. I remember a couple of shorthanded chances that he had uh, a breakaway or two, even in a game and then just couldn't, you know, he had the Victor Stahlbergs, and he couldn't just do it. He had the Kirby Docs, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so there's some potential there. You know, he's a, he's a perfect guy for what the Hawks are looking to do next season, and that's be bad at hockey. So he's either going to really help that along, or maybe you get a guy that you're like, as, as Jay said when we started talking about him, could be your fourth-line guy right now. Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk. Sam Lafferty, that's a really good fourth line on a playoff Solid. team. Unfortunately, it might be the Blackhawks' second line, and that's not where you <laughs> want those guys to play. But uh, just keep thinking, it's all for Bedard. Uh, so, you know, bring it on. Yep. All right, that moves us to Taylor Radish, the uh, namesake of the Radish Garden. Uh, 21 games uh, since the trade, six goals, four assists, 10 points in 21 games. Not bad. Minus four. 1534 of ice time, Corsi 442-28, Fenwick 438-87. Those are both also real bad. Um, but again, limited time, bad team after the trade deadline, yada, 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 all those qualifiers. Um, I liked what I saw from Radish a lot. And, and yeah, he would be ideal for a contending fourth line. But I do see him as a guy who you could play in the top six in a pinch, um, who you know wouldn't look out of place. Obviously not ideal, but when you're starting to look at the potential lines for next year, especially if you're taking Strom and Kubelik out of the equation, which most people seemingly have, uh, he's probably going to be in, in, in a, at least a top nine role. And uh, early on, especially, uh, announced his presence with authority, looked like a really solid player. And, and I'm hopeful to see what Radish is going to develop into. Uh, I do think there is some definite upside to his game uh, ahead. He's only 24. Uh, he was a second-round pick, 58th overall of the Lightning in 2016. Um, I just think that, you know, when you look at him, the size, the whole package, he, he's a guy that, like you said um, about Kachuk, fits this mold we're seeing from Davidson. But I think of the three, Lafferty, Daniel, uh, <laughs> Boris Kachuk, <laughs> and Taylor Radish, this is the one who I think at the end of the day will be the best player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd have to agree. Out of, out of these two that we're evaluating today – I'd say if, if, if you had to pick one to have the longer uh, tenure with Chicago, I think Radish probably has the ability to, you know, be a player that sticks around during the rebuild and, and maybe develops into more of a of a player that can, you know, help help things along and, and, and maybe be on when they're competitive again. Um, I, he, he definitely got off to a fast start. Jay, I don't think you gave your, your, your feathers for him. I did not. Two and a half feathers. I'm sorry, two three feathers for me. Three, oh, three feathers okay. for me for for uh, Taylor Radish. Yeah, I I also went with three. Um, I I think you know he he showed some ability to play around the lineup, which was which was, you know, necessary and probably will continue to be necessary the way that the uh, the roster is going to be constructed going into next season at or the way that we assume it will be. Um, and yeah, I think you know he's he's got some skill, he's got some size. Uh, this was his, you know, like Kachuk, this was his first, uh, first year playing in the NHL for an extended period of time. Um, obviously has, has proven that he can be, you know, pretty productive at the AHL level and making the jump to the NHL level this year. I think he, he took some good steps. So 
Uh, if you can keep taking those kinds of steps, that would be uh, that'd be really good for for the Blackhawks. And yeah, I mean, with with the Hagel trade, they you know they really brought in, you know, Greg, you mentioned it. You know, these these both of these guys are two players that Steve Eiserman thought were worthy of second round picks in the in, in the in the same draft class. Um, and and you know, I think I think you know with Kachuk and with Radish, the talent is there. It just kind of needs to be unlocked and. I guess that'll kind of come down to who the next head coach is with Chicago if they can uh, if they can really do that. But I think with Radish, it's 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 there. Yeah, uh, here's the funny thing: we all made a big deal that Taylor Radish was uh, a teammate in juniors with the Erie Otters with both Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinket, and there's a chance that he's the only one of those three that's <laughs> in the opening line, lineup next year. That's oh, crazy God, when you think about that's it. True. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with two and a half feathers. For, for Taylor, uh, just to be different, um, you know, we don't all want to say the same thing, right? So, but he was, he was, he was pretty good, what we saw. I mean, for crying out loud, we renamed Studio B after him, the Radish Garden, for uh, that first, was it his first game we did that, when he had the, the goal and the assist, whatever it was. I was not there yet when the Radish Garden yeah, was, yeah, it was, it was named. Right, so it was, it was the, early on. First, first game or two, he had like, like two goals in a game or something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he made he made a really good first impression. But you see what he did in Tampa. He played fifty three games for the Lightning, and he had uh, f- uh, five goals, twelve points in fifty three games. Very limited role for for Tampa. Obviously, that that he had a true first fourth line role, about eleven minutes a night. Gets here. Plays 21 games, has six goals, so he scores more goals and 10 points. So he nearly has the same production in less than half of the games, but he was also playing nearly four more minutes a night and getting the play in the top six, getting the play on the power play. I think he could be a sneaky good power play with his size, and he's got a pretty good shot. I mean, the way this is going, he's probably going to be on that top power play unit uh next next year's or this season <laughs> yeah, so this upcoming season yeah. the opportunity for taylor radish to live up to being a steve eiserman second round draft pick is there for him to take this season he's going to be one of the guys people say on twitter all the time when we do mailbag or on, and on the members only discord one of the things i always hear give me a reason to watch the blackhawks next year taylor radish is one of those reasons is he going to be that guy that was worthy of a second round pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning and Steve Eiserman. Is he going to be a guy that's going to be a, a part of this future uh, uh, here at the Blackhawks? Is he going to be more than just a fourth line guy that maybe can score a goal? We'll find out. He's going to get the opportunity, the biggest opportunity of his pro career so far. No matter what happens with this roster, you can already pencil, right now, you could probably pencil him in, in the top six. Who knows what this thing looks yeah. like come September? He could be top line winger at this point. So the opportunity for him to uh, be a, a really good NHL player, if he's ever going to have that chance, this upcoming season is for him to take it. So uh, two and a, yeah. two and a half feathers is my grade for Radish, but he's a guy that I'm really going to be watching a lot, and his growth from October whatever opening night to the last game in April. We'll see what we, where we are, you know, a year from now to see if we're talking about him in the same vein where he was kind of, eh, he was okay. Or we're excited about, Hey, we need to give this guy a new contract and make him part of the, mm-hmm. the foundation going forward. So maker, I don't want to say make or break season for Taylor Ash, but a huge opportunity to take that next step in his career. 
Yeah, and, and when we say, like, oh, Lafferty, Radish, Kachuk, that can be a really good fourth line, we're not saying that, like, oh, those guys top out as fourth liners. We're just saying the hope is that the Blackhawks over the years get you know good right. enough that those kinds of players who, who can turn into quality players get bumped down the lineup because there's better people to, to yeah. take those spots. Yeah, if they if they are, if that is your fourth line, you've got a pretty solid top nine. That's the goal, yeah. um, and maybe he becomes more than that. Uh, hopefully, he does. Um, you know, let's let's get that trade. Let's win that trade in in mm-hmm. uh, giant fashion. Wouldn't it be something if if all four of the assets that the Blackhawks got in that trade played played a, a game together at some point? Like that would cool. be that'd be incredible. Be the, be, be be the Blackhawks' top power play unit one year. <laughs> <laughs> Plus Seth Jones, because of course he'll be around. Yeah, Seth Jones will be here uh, forever. That would be fun. Yeah. I'd be down for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, incomplete kind of grades, but I think, you know, the, the outlook is, is, is pretty decent for, uh, for, for Kutchuk and Radish, which... I, I didn't I was just kind of looking this up. They were drafted in the same same year, same round. They both finished their junior careers with the Sioux Greyhounds because Radish was with Erie for most of his career, but then finished with with Sioux. And then they played. You know, they they come up professionally in Syracuse together. They the twenty one season they were first and second in AHL scoring for the Syracuse Crunch, and then are involved in the same trade to come to Chicago crazy how connected these two are i hope they're friends um, yeah i would i would like to think that they uh you know they've gotten to know each other uh over the years hey if you want to uh, help us out here at chgo sports uh, and help yourself out in uh in the, in the health realm uh go get yourself some owen o-w-y-n stands for only what you need it is a 100 percent plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works just as hard as you do All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy and are easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. And right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the code CHGO20. I myself am getting back into working out a little bit. And I've uh, been using Owen because I try and cut down on uh, gluten and dairy when I can. And uh, so far, so good. It's been, uh, been helping me out, getting, uh, you know, feel, feeling, feeling better after some of my, uh, my, we'll call it light workouts. But uh, any little bit is, uh, is helping. So uh, join myself and Justin Fields, two, two in the same when it comes to uh, physical stature. Uh, and try Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right, we had a little bit of news uh, hit on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Team USA introduces their um, the uh, what we call like I guess the evaluation camp rosters for the World Junior Championships. Um, and uh, looking at this list, uh, there is a notable name missing: Drew Camesso, who had been kind of the default goalie for Team USA and their junior teams for what at least two what, two years, three years now. He was. He was supposed to be with their World Junior team that ended up winning the gold uh, during the 2021 World Championships, mm-hmm. but ended up getting held back because of, uh, I think there was a COVID outbreak at BU like right before the tournament started. So I think he, him and Vlasic got held back at that point. And then 
he was the number one goalie going into this last year's tournament, which again got cut short because of COVID. He was the the number one goalie, um, and they I think they played uh, Czechia in the opening game. Uh, Czechia uh, or Slovakia? Slovakia, I think it was. Slovakia, Slovakia yeah. yeah. And they won the opening game, and you know he he played pretty well. But uh, yeah, they they had to stop the tournament, and that's why it's being redone in August. Um, he was also with the non non NHL uh, Team USA Olympic team. Um, he was a, a injury replacement for the World Championships for Team USA, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before. So he's been all over USA's um, you know rosters in these in these tournaments that haven't uh, haven't been populated by NHL players, which is impressive to see for, uh, for from a, a Blackhawks standpoint to have a prospect, especially a goalie, uh, you know, when that's a team need to be uh, around these uh, these these camps and these teams. Uh, so often, but yeah, the the world uh, world junior championship uh, evaluation roster for Team USA no Camezo, which was very interesting. Um, Landon Slager, Wyatt Kaiser, and Connor Kelly were all back uh, in in camp. They were all with te- the Team USA camp uh, for the World Juniors that was supposed to happen in, in December and January. Um, I spoke to, to to two people that have some 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 knowledge of of the uh, Team USA process and why Camezo may not have been there uh there was some speculation maybe injury but it, it seems like this wasn't an injury wasn't an omission uh might have been on Camezo's side that he was wanting to focus in more on summer training obviously we know from previous previous uh summer tournaments that you know hockey has, has had with like the world cup of hockey like that was talked about as like not being an ideal time to have a, a tournament of that stature um, and I think some players are, are maybe opting out and saying, you know, maybe this isn't the best time to, to get into a major tournament. Um, you know, especially for the Blackhawks, we know uh, from, from experience as fans, uh, losing a top prospect in a, a, a tournament at a, right before a season starts is, is, is never awesome. Kirby Doc busting his wrist. Uh, the, the worst thing you could see for, for a prospect like Camezo is to have a year of, of, of development in, in college get screwed up because of an injury in the middle of summer in a tournament that really, you know, it does matter. But at this point, does he have to prove that he's the top goalie? I don't think so. Um, so it, it's interesting to, uh, to, to, to kind of hear that this may have been, um, you know, his decision to say, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the upcoming college season and and go from there. So this probably is gonna be his last college season as well. Uh, so I, I think the focus could be just you know finish finish this uh, this season uh, healthy and strong for for BU and then um, eventually make the uh, make the jump to the pro ranks with uh, with the Blackhawks and that seems to be the, the the path for him. But I think these are you know. These are some interesting. It, it it is just interesting knowing he was going to be the number one, uh, hands down goalie for Team USA, and not see him on the on the camp roster. Well, it's reassuring to know they don't just think he sucks, <laughs> right? Or or that it's a, an existing injury, which it doesn't seem to be the case. Right. Yeah. No. This this tells me it's his choice. Um, you know, he was the guy for them. Um, so, and I get it. It's a month before the college camps open up or whatever. Um, his, as you mentioned, his junior season, that's a very big season for college kids. Cause a lot of them, if they've got any kinds of NHL aspirations, most of them leave after their junior season. So, uh, you don't want to jeopardize that. 
I'm okay with that. You know, we've we know what we got out of Drew Camesso. Hopefully, we'll see him at development camp here in a couple of weeks after the draft. Um, and you know, if he's there, hopefully we can get a chance to, to talk to him. Cause I know that's one of the prospects. A lot of Blackhawk fans are interested in, and, and we can, maybe he can shed some light on, on that. But I, I'm pretty sure we've, we've, uh, doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure that one out. I think we've pretty much hit that nail on the head there on why he's not going. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and, and it's, it, it's a lot of hockey it, too. Yeah. Yeah. For him. And it's, you're traveling halfway around the world, or no? They're only going to Edmonton again, Edmonton, halfway around yeah. the continent. Yeah. So, but still, it's you know, I think he's kind of like been there, done that. I'm cool. I want. I want to focus on my season, and, and mm-hmm. you can't fault that. The Blackhawk fans will have plenty of of other reasons to watch that tournament. Uh, you know, Landon Slagert is in it. Um, I believe Wyatt Kaiser is is back. Connor uh, Connor Logan, right? Right? Or Logan Connor Connor? Kelly? Yeah. Connor, Connor Kelly. Kelly is. There's too, uh, many, too many Connors and Logans out there. Connors the and Logans and yeah, no yeah. Con- Connor and... Kelly is is at Team USA camp. Um, I I don't I don't know if he'll make it, but yeah, I think Kaiser and and Slager will be part of the group that uh, that goes to the tournament. Um, Colton Doc, Nolan Allen, and Ethan Del Mastro went to Canada's evaluation camp. I don't know if any of them make the team, but they're in camp. Um, Victor Sternborg with uh, Sweden is is going to be going to the tournament. They announced their their roster on Tuesday. Um, he he was he, he had COVID uh, going into um, going into the tournament the the in, in in the last winter. So that's why he didn't go uh, at that point. But um, he's healthy now. He's going to be able to uh, to play for Sweden. So yeah, it'll be uh, it, there'll definitely be a, a number of prospects to uh, to keep an eye on and. It'll be it'll give us something to talk to talk about uh, in uh, in in that August time frame where things are gonna get real slow right before uh, training camp picks up. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Couple reminders: make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, wherever you use to listen. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications so you know when a podcast drops. Also, go to the CHGO Sports YouTube page, like and subscribe to that channel, turn those notifications on as well, and become a member at allchgo.com. Tons of ad-free content, not just from the three of us, but from our Bears, Bulls, Sox, Cubs, Fire, Sky, Red Stars crew. Everybody's writing all the time. You're not going to get pop-up abs. You're not going to have a bunch of uh, videos playing when you don't want them to be. Uh, Nice and clean-looking, awesome, awesome website at allchgo.com. So become a member and support us. That's the best way to support us. And, of course, uh, downloading that PointsBet app and using that code CHGO. When you sign up, hope everybody has a great day. We will talk to you Thursday at 11 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.